Hey friends, I'm Jordan. And I'm Shelby. And you're you're listening listening to to the Cultivate Cultivate Women's Podcast. We are pastor's wives at Passion Creek Church, and we exist to encourage and empower women to cultivate a life that is rooted in Christ. We invite you to join us as we walk through what that looks like in the context of friendship, leadership, relationships, and hardships. Welcome back to the Cultivate Women's Podcast. We are so excited to continue in our series, Walking Through the Book of Ephesians. Um, This week, we are going to be reading through chapter 5. And um, it's been, I don't know, I've loved it. I think it's been super fun just to um, read this together, like between me and Shelby, and then Mm -hmm. also just kind of talking about how um, the Lord has worked through it on our hearts individually, and then um, connecting with you guys on Instagram, and just figuring out how the Lord's working in your lives. I've just really loved it. Yeah, and I feel like, uh, for me personally, I feel like it's been really cool, because if I would have, like tried to do this two years ago I would feel like super not prepared at all right not to say that I have like all of the answers or anything like that but I just feel like it's cool to see where I've come from at the very beginning of starting this podcast I don't know what like over a year and a half ago yeah I think it was a year and a half it was like the beginning of 2019 right right yeah yeah, it was February. Yeah. So, yeah, a little over a year and a half then? Yeah. No, or right about a year and a half? Right about a year and a half. That's crazy. Yeah, I know it is crazy. We're coming up on the two year. We didn't celebrate the one year. We should have done like I know really we cool done pictures something. of like, you know, those cool like gold balloons or something? Yeah. And done like a cute little photo shoot. Let's do it for you okay. too. Okay, yeah, really for cool. sure. Definitely. Um, okay, yeah. So we're going to read um, Ephesians chapter 5. Shelby's going to read this first part, and then I'll take um, the second part, and we'll just kind of walk through it. Cool. Okay, yeah. So Ephesians 5 verse 1 says, Therefore be imitators of God as dearly loved children, and walk in love as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us, a sacrificial and fragrant offering to God. But sexual immortality and any impurity or greed should not even be heard of among you, as is proper for saints. Obscene and foolish talk or crude joking are not suitable, but rather giving thanks. For know and recognize this, every sexually immoral or impure or greedy person who is an idolater does not have an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty arguments. For God's wrath is coming on the disobedient because of these things. Therefore, do not be do not become their partners. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light for the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness and truth. Testing what is pleasing to the Lord. Don't participate in the fruitless works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what is done by them in secret. Everything exposed by light is made visible, for what makes everything visible is light. Therefore, it is said, get up, sleeper, and rise up from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Pay careful attention, then, to how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time, because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is, and don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual psalms, singing and making music with your hearts to the Lord. Give thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. I feel like it's packed with so many commands. Yeah, it is for sure. 
Um, Which I thought was so funny because the first half of Ephesians is, is like, yeah. there's no command. It's just kind of like, hey, here's knowledge, like here's knowledge and wisdom more right. so. Like yeah. he's just telling you th- something. And now it's like, okay, now live this out. For sure, yeah. I, we've talked about it before, but that first half is basically like, this is what we believe. And then the second half is kind of like, now this is how you do it. Yeah. Um, which is great. And I think, I don't know, it's really, uh, like I think Paul is strategic about how he writes his letters and it, mm-hmm. it makes sense. Um but yeah, it's definitely packed with a bunch of stuff. So I don't know where yeah. to start. <laughs> um, I like how it says, I have a, the like literally verse one, it says, be imitators mm-hmm. of God um, and walk in love. And if you think about like that can sound or seem so intimidating. To be like, an imitator of yeah, God. Yeah, like we're yeah. called to imitate God. We're not called to be God right. or, or anything, but we're called to imitate him. Right. Um, and that can seem so daunting of like how in the world, like I, there's no way I can measure up to that yeah. type feeling. Um, and so like I feel like that's a big command. It is. But I love how it's followed up by. So it says be imitators of God. And then it says walk in love as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us a sacrificial and fragrant offering to God. So I love that it like calls us to imitate God, but then it says specifically through sacrificial love. Yeah. And I think that is the key. And I think that's where like everything flows from. Mm -hmm. God's calling us to imitate Christ through the way that Christ sacrificed himself for us. Like we're called to love and sacrifice for others. Yeah, exactly. And And it is, it's more about, it's not necessarily about you um being like perfect right. or like yeah not making mistakes and like we're obviously not called to imitate god like in his power and in his mm-hmm. authority and yeah and those things um which is i think important to like distinguish that difference for sure yeah, yeah. so it's more of like how how you interact with those around you mm-hmm. whether they're followers of jesus or not right like we're still like we're called to walk in love um yeah, for sure. And like we're we're called to live by a higher standard. Yeah. And that's why I think all the second half of Ephesians is packed with commandments cuz it's like, okay, now you know what the truth is. Now how do we live differently? Like how do we right. live set apart um as Christians? Yeah. I, Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say I think it's in verse 11 where Paul talks about like light versus darkness. And I like how it says like not only are we to live like as children of light, but it's it's not that we're just called to abstain from darkness and from evil, mm-hmm. but we're called to be actively against it. Right. Um, and I think there's a difference. I think so many of us just think that we're called to just not do bad, like not sin. Right. But it's like we as Christians are against sin. Like we're against all of this, these like dark and evil things that isn't from God. Yeah. Um, that is something that we are actively like not just abstaining from, but actively working like against, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, um, I have it written down in my journal um, that we are called to, where do I have it? We are called to put off and, and the act of putting off is an mm-hmm. active act. Right. Like, it requires action um, to constantly put off sinful desires. Right. Um, but not only that, not only are we called to put off, but we're also in the same sense called to put on. Mm-hmm. So yes, we're supposed to be um, abstaining from all, you know, this list of things that he's saying of these um, sinful deeds, acts, and desires. Um, but on top of that, we're replacing it right. with um, acts of 
godliness yeah. and love and joy and peace and all of these things. Um, and so it's a both and, I feel like. It's right. not, we don't need to focus on the negative and be like, right. oh, I need to stop doing this, this, and this. Right. Uh, when you get in that mindset and that's all you think about, you make it so much harder to abstain from because that's all you're thinking about. Right. And like th- that whole thing of like, it's silly, but it's like if you say like, don't think of an elephant and they say what's the first thing you think of you think of an elephant so it's like if you're constantly saying don't sin don't sin don't sin don't Mm -hmm. sin and you're listing the specific sin that's all that's on your mind that's all you're thinking about that's what you're gonna do right but instead release it yes say yes like denounce it don't do this thing but instead do this right and it says like we're children of light who produce fruit of goodness righteousness and truth and Mm so anything that you're trying to like I mean, you, you just talk about it practically, like habits and the things you do or like even like eating healthy, like anything you do, if you're trying to change a habit and stop doing something, you can't just stop doing it mm-hmm. and not, re- not like not replace it with something else. Right. And so I think that's like a very practical way to think about it. Like we are called to like denounce evil and um, like rid like those dark things in our life, but we're also called to be filled with the spirit and to fill ourselves with what is good and what is righteous and Mm -hmm. the truth um and if you don't you can't do one without the other I guess you know like yeah it's very difficult and so I think that's like a very practical way to think about it for sure yeah and I think that a lot of that too like the easier it gets the more consistent we are right like if this is something that we're doing on a like on a daily basis, um, just like anything else in your life. Like if you're trying to, um, lose weight, then you're going to change your diet or you're going to exercise. But if you exercise one day every three months, like, are you going to see any results? No. Like, and that's the same thing with scripture, like putting off these sinful things and putting on the the things of righteousness. Mm -hmm. If you do that one every once in a while, you're not, you're not going to resist that temptation. You're not going to, um, walk in the way of the Lord. Yeah. Um, it's a consistent daily thing that that takes work. Like yeah. it's not easy. Right. And like, I don't think it ever gets to a point where it's like I don't even have to think about it. Right. Like yeah. yeah. And I think that leads us into this section uh about like time and unwise people. Mm-hmm. Um cuz Paul's talking about basically like make the most of your time. And I think it's funny cuz I think we don't automatically think about that as something as Christians that we're called to do, like make the most of your time. But I think it, it, it lends itself to like all the stuff we're talking about where it's like putting off sinful things and putting on the things that are good, like the things of God, because it's like making the most of your time means being consistent on like being consistent with practicing like these things that God is calling us to practice. It's not, I wrote down that like, the use of our time is not neutral. Either we're using it to put on the things of God or we're using it to put on the things of the world. Right. Um, and so as like God or Paul's calling us to be wise, not be unwise. And so by being wise, we are making the most of our time by pursuing God with our time, not neglecting God with our time. Because I think if we're neglecting to pursue God, then we're pursuing the ways of the world. Then we're right. pursuing these things that are actively changing the way that we think about things and the way that we act without even doing it intentionally. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, yeah, the intentionality of your time and like what you're doing with your time daily because if you're not being intentional with that time, then it will lead you into a direction that is not God's will. You right. Know? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that... Um, 
I lost my train of thought because I heard. Did you hear that? Yeah, what was that? I don't know. I wasn't sure if it was Trinity or if it was a dog. I, same. I was like, what? I can't. And then I just lost it because I was trying to hear what it was. Yeah. And, and I, also we made eye contact and I was like, is she trying to talk or is she trying to figure out? anyway uh, no yeah i was like oh dang okay and, well i was gonna say something but even like here we were just talking about consistency you were just talking about consistency and like the title of the section is consistency in the christian oh, yeah. life so yeah. that's like great good job jordan no, thanks <laughs> i know i wasn't even looking at my bible i was looking at my journal <laughs> but yeah i think oh i don't know we were just talking about like how paul is saying like be wise make the most of your time oh i remember what I was okay say. there you go yes so i what i was gonna say is the the enemy wants to use the ways of the world to distract us and right now like it's very prominent in the world and in society um of this like hustle culture of like mm-hmm. you're so busy like if you don't have 15 million things on your plate like you're not doing enough or right. you're not going to succeed or you're not going to reach your goals and like all this stuff and so i think a lot of the time we have this mentality of like oh, i don't have time for that yeah for sure. i don't have time to practice the ways of Jesus. Right. Um, I'm just so busy. But clearly, like, we all have the same amount of time in our day. Mm-hmm. Yes, we have different things on our plate. But if we were to, like, take a daily audit of, like, our time, like a time audit. Yeah. Like, where are you spending your time? Like, like are, are you on social media? Are yeah. you watching the news? Are you, you know, like, what are you, are you just binging Netflix? Like, mm-hmm. um, taking, like a, like, a tangible, like, literally written down time audit of your day and then you'll really realize like you absolutely have time to practice the ways of Jesus you have time to put into practice what Paul is saying here right um but the enemy likes to make us think that we're too busy for anything else and I think also this is a call to some people who are super super busy and Paul is not saying like make the most of your time as in you have to have this checklist and be so productive, like so busy doing, 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 even if you're doing things that on the outside are like good, like you're serving people. Because at the end of the day, the most important thing is like, how are you being filled by the spirit? Mm Because If you're not being filled by the spirit, then you are not doing these things for God. You're doing these things for you. So like taking a realistic look at what you're doing with your time, but also like realize maybe this is calling you to give up certain things so that you can spend more time with God personally. Because at the end of the day, you could say like, oh, I'm doing all these things, but they're all good things. They're all things for God. They're all serving things. Like you're you're serving other people. But like, where are you getting filled up? Because if you're not getting filled up, then first of all, you're going to run out of energy at some point and you're going to be just like run down and depressed. And you're going to reach that point if you're not getting filled by God in some way. But also it's like, well, what are you, why are you doing these things? Because you're not being filled by the spirit. So like, why are you exerting all this energy to Mm -hmm. do all this stuff that looks good on the outside, you know? Right. So I think it is a call for us to like take an audit of our time. But also I would say, even if it looks like you have this jam packed schedule and you're doing all these things for God, like realistically think like where, where's my time where I'm spending alone with God? Like Mm -hmm. how am I giving myself the opportunity to be filled by the spirit? Yeah. And then I like in verse 19 and 20, how it talks about um, having like a heart of worship and like Mm -hmm. giving thanks, like having a heart of gratitude. Yeah. Cause I think that that's not a super common thing to, to have just like on a normal basis. Right. And so um, I love that, like having a heart of worship of like just being in a constant state of worship. Right. And worship looks like so many different things. Like it doesn't have to be like, you don't have to be singing worship songs all day long. Right. Yeah. Yes. That could be part of it, but just having like a heart of worship in general of like 
I'm going to maybe like ha- sing worship music while I'm doing the dishes or whatever, mm-hmm. or I'm going to say little prayers of thankfulness throughout the day right. or, you know, just different things like that. And if you're implementing that, that just plays into like what he's saying of like putting off and putting on. Um, because if you're having a heart of worship and you're participating in that, like gratitude, um, and talking with the Lord, it's so much easier. And it's more like, Oh yeah, like it's more natural to be like, yes, I'm going to put off this sinful desire and yeah. I'm going to put on the things of Christ. Right, you're integrating those things into your like daily life and mm-hmm. it becomes more consistent naturally. Right. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Um okay, so I'll read this next part. Yeah, I'll read um verses 22 through 33. Wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord, because the husband is the head of the wa- the wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of the body. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives are to submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her, to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. He did this to present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or anything like that, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hates his own flesh, but provides and cares for it, just as Christ does for the church, since we are members of his body. For this reason, man will leave his father and mother and be joined with his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This mystery is profound, but I am talking about Christ and the church. To sum up, each of you is to love his wife as himself and the wife to respect her husband. Woohoo. I know. I feel like that's a really like heavy topic because it is, and it get just gets you right off the bat. It, Wives submit to your husband. Literally. And I think that right now, like I just I feel like the word submit or submission yes. is a very controversial word. It is. Um among women in the world today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I wrote down in my notes, like the first thing we have to understand is that our personal experience with the word submission and just submitting in general, like our personal biases, the way we view that word and the way we view this whole like section is like we've been influenced by the way that the world sees that word yeah, and the way that the world tells us what that word means and all sorts of things. And, and we, I think we have just this like preconceived like notion about that. Yeah. But we have to remember that like the way of Christianity is radically different than the way of the world. Right. So the way Christianity views submission and views just marriage in general is radically different than the world views it. Where the world says, like, this is bad. You are lesser than if you submit to somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's the the thought process is, like, submission means that you are less than. Yeah, I have in my notes that submitting doesn't mean unequal right. worth. Right. Like, that's not, but that is, like, if you were to go to society and ask, you know, like, widespread what would you think that what do you think submitting means Mm -hmm. that's exactly what they would said right you know that you are beneath someone and i think you think like 
okay, like in like work, like in a work context, like you have a boss and you submit to the authority of your boss. You listen to what your boss says. But I think we have such a culture where it's like our boss is the worst. Our boss makes Mm -hmm. us do all of these things. Not our boss is a leader. I respect him and I want to follow him or her. You know what I mean? And so I think you just look at that. Like you look at like, do you view the people who are above you in authority in your life as someone who's the worst and someone who just makes you want to do stuff for no reason or someone who you respect and who you want to follow because they are a good leader because yeah and then I think we just have a bad example of leadership in the world too because it's like we have all these leaders that that aren't great at leading us Mm -hmm. and so then we're like well why would we want to submit to anybody like and then you have like all it these issues that, with authority. Like, yeah, it feeds and that, that I can do it myself. I'm better. I'm better. Yes, I can make the better decision. Right. So yeah, I think that's like the first thing that we need to recognize is that like Scripture calls us to be radical in all areas of our life, and like in marriage, is no different. Yeah, it's, it looks completely different from what the world says for a reason. Yeah, and I think if it just told us the things that we expected to hear, then there would be a problem with that. You oh, know what for I sure. mean? I, I think that the best way that I've heard it put um, is that, and it's actually kind of relieving, like if you look at it the way that scripture is intended, the way that the Lord intended it, mm-hmm. um, as a woman, as a wife, it's like, oh, like yeah. it's a breath of fresh it air because you don't have that responsibility. Yes, you don't have that responsibility. <laughs> yeah. That's the, that is what it means when it says that um, we are to submit to our husbands because our husbands are the head, um, mm-hmm. just as Christ is the head of the church. Right. Um that that literally means that they have the weight of our entire family on their shoulders. Right. Like if our, so in my situation, I've got kids. So, and I was, we were, Trey and I were literally just talking about this. And I was like, I often as a mom, I do the majority of the like day-to-day raising. Right. You know, like he's yeah. there and everything, but especially stay-at-home moms, like you're in the thick of it every day in and out. Like you make the decisions, you make all of these things. So a lot of the time, like I'll mess up or I'll make a decision or I'll handle a situation where they're acting out or whatever it is. And it weighs on me um, that I'm like, they're going to hate me when they get older or right. they're going to remember this and I'll be held responsible or like all of these things. Um, and it's actually not the truth like it one kids are resilient and they all honestly only remember the good things Mm -hmm. most of the time unless you do something (laughs) really terrible um but two that if our kids grow up and are like wayward and not following the lord that's trey's responsibility right like that the weight of that falls on his shoulders right because it is it is his call as a husband to lead his family yeah to be the head of his family and to make those big scary decisions um now yes i have input like i have a voice he mm-hmm. comes to me for um for wisdom and like help and all of that mm-hmm. like it's not a like he makes all the decisions and i have it, no say yeah you don't talk about like, it at it's all definitely, yeah. it's a partnership but when it comes down to it if he makes a decision that in turn is wrong and hurts our family i'm not held responsible for that right he's held responsible for that right that's what it means when it says like we are submit to his authority so like we submit to like so if trey were to say i've accepted a position as as a pastor in some other state like where as a family we're moving Mm -hmm. like that is his call and his decision to make if he feels the lord is leading him to that and it is my 
duty as his wife to submit to that right to be like, voluntarily fo- right yeah like, i not like with I'm a bitter heart you. no exactly yeah. like i know that and, and i know that it, this is a lot harder for people who um or who maybe like their spouse isn't a believer mm-hmm. uh or different things i know that there are situations that warrant different circumstances right um but if you are both believers and you know that your husband's seeking the lord right um it just means that it, all the weight of the decisions made as a family for you, your kids, everything falls on his shoulders and not right. yours. Yeah. And I think we read this and it says like, it says, um, because the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. And we're like, well, my husband isn't like Jesus, like all this right. stuff. But it's like, no, he like, just like Christ is the head of the church. Your husband is the head of, of your, your family. family. And so he is called to sat we'll get to this, but he's called to sacrifice for your family, to put your family first. Mm-hmm. He's not supposed to be making decisions based off of his own selfish ways. Right. Like you said, this is a husband that is pursuing the Lord, mm-hmm. that is a believer, that under this idea that like we are we are all pursuing God and your husband is not going like of course people make mistakes, right? For sure. But like the the expectation is that your husband is pursuing Christ and that has he has a relationship with God and that he is sacrificially loving you and your family and putting their their needs at the forefront yeah. of his decision making. It's not like, oh, this is what I want to do, so I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And again, it goes back to like what we what we think I don't know, like we have this idea that like men are just terrible and that they're going to make all the wrong decisions and they have no wisdom and they have no thought process. And it's like, no, like, like you're like, I don't know. You want to encourage and empower your husband so that he knows that he is wise and he is smart and he can make these decisions and you respect him and you trust him with that. Yeah. I think it's really hard too. like you're saying, it's hard for marriages like where one of you is not a believer but I also think it's really hard to understand this if you're not married because I think I really struggled with this like not being like just as a single woman you know what I mean reading this and being like who like who am I like you know like who am I gonna be married to where I can submit voluntarily and trust them but it's like when you make that decision and you enter marriage, that like covenant relationship, mm-hmm. like you are making that commitment to right. trust and respect them and submit to them for the rest of your life. And when you're married, like when it's when you're actually married, I feel like it's a game changer. Like I feel like I, of course, I want to do that. Like, right. of course, I want to respect him and I want to submit to him and I want yes. to follow his leadership. Like, I would not want it any other way. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think that realistically, like, when you get engaged and when you're going through, like, like the first stages of getting married and all of that stuff, like, I, I really, I mean, for me, it was like, it just made sense. You know, yeah. whereas if I read that four years prior, I would be like, that's really hard for me to digest. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I do want to give an out in saying that it, like Shelby had said, this is speaking as if your husband is following the Lord, right. is loving you and your family. Like if you're in a situation where that is not what your husband's doing, like right. if your husband is abusive, whether it's physically, verbally, or any of those things, if you're in a situation, this is not calling you to submit to that. Right. This is not calling you to take whatever he gives you and to move forward. 
like get help right like, that's not okay sure, yes. we're not on board with that right. like that's not what, <laughs> that's we're, not saying what we're saying at, at all. all yeah um so know that like if you're in a situation where um that you know abuse or different things like that is going on um please seek help like don't yeah. just read this and think like the lord just wants you to submit to him because he's your husband and he's a man right no. like that's yeah. not if he is not walking out his job in the way that the lord has called him to that negates your responsibility to follow him. Exactly. If that makes sense. I'm yes. not, I'm not, I'm not, um, uh, what's the word? I'm not like suggesting divorce either. Like, right. but I'm just saying like, don't think that you just have to submit to, to abuse or anything like that. Right. Because that's what this is saying right here. Right. It's and different. I think plus like you have to remember in the context of this whole chapter, we just talked about how we are called to put on the ways of God right. and put off darkness and um, that we are children of the light. And so we are to be in like goodness and righteousness and truth and all of these things. And so I, I really think Paul is strategic. Like he talks about all of this and then he goes to husbands and wives and it's like we go and we're like, oh, we're supposed to submit to our husband and they're doing all of these things. And it's like, no, like your husband is called to all of these things that Paul right. just spoke about. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. For a reason. And we'll talk about that because we're going to enter this the husband part too. Yeah. But the husband is called to do so much for his wife oh for sure so much for his wife and it, it's like we focus on this little tiny section where it's like wives submit to your husbands and then it's like okay also husbands you have to sacrificially love your wife just like christ did for the church right which what if a you tall break order that, exactly That's break that a, down and really like understand that like right. what did christ do for the church what was that sacrificial love? he died yeah like he literally died an excruciating death right. on the cross right now if it comes down to it, yes, our husbands are called to die for us. Yeah. But, I, but, I, but that's what it's equating it to. Yes. Like, so I think that they have a higher responsibility and <laughs> yeah. a higher calling than we do. Right. Of like just submitting to the, the way that he's leading us. Right. You know what I mean? So yes. it's not like it's just the husbands are just left out and they get to do whatever they whatever want. Whatever they want. No, like our husbands are called to lead us like as Christ led the church. Yeah. And that's a tall order. And not to say that like submitting to your husbands is not a tall order either, but like we, there's a lot, like there's a lot that comes along with it for us as well as wives. Yeah. Like we want to love and give them grace and like they're going to mess up. Like mm -hmm. they're going to lead us astray at some point in our lives. And we need to understand that we need to give them grace. Cause at the end of the day, like our husbands are called to be just like Christ is the head of the church, like that's the kind of like example, like that's the pattern that they're meant to follow to sacrificially right. love their wives. But that will always fall short because it, it will ultimately always point us back to how Christ was the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah. And that is what we have our hope in. Right. And so like though our husbands are called to live up to this, we know that they can never reach that standard that Christ sacrificed for the church. Yes. But... And, and that's good. Like, that's good because we have Christ. Like, he already sacrificed for us. And that is the hope. Like, that's where we put our hope. Yeah. And I think that a lot of the time we can take this and we can put our husband up on a pedestal and um, and he's never going to measure up. Like, yeah. if we expect him um, to fulfill what only God can fulfill, like right. we're going to end up resenting yeah. our husbands. Yeah. And that's and not what it's calling us to do. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think the big things that husbands are called to do for their wives is they're supposed to they should love that well this is all about love this whole section yeah loving your wife and it says um basically paul's saying that our husbands should love their our husbands should how am i saying this <laughs> my husband should love me as christ loved the church as he 
as my husband loves his own body, which is a yeah. big thing. Like, have the same regard. Like, just like you don't want to cut off your finger. Like, you have to protect your wife. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, yes. that same that same regard that you have for your own body, you should have for your wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and also with a love that surpasses all other human relationships. Right. So, like, once you get married, like, your husband... His love for you should be the utmost priority above every other human relationship that he has had, that he is currently in, and that he will ever have. And Paul even addresses that because it says, like, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall be one flesh. Mm -hmm. Like, that is the prioritized relationship for the rest of your life yes like yes you came from your family and your family raised you Mm -hmm. and your family you know but when you get married like it is it's you it's you and him him and you like that is the priority and i'm gonna even say um which i know is controversial too is it comes above your kids too for sure like my relationship with trey comes above mine with my kids like trey's needs are met before my kids needs are Granted, got obviously like when I've got like a newborn, they right. they need absolutely everything from me. Right. But just in a way of saying like my full love and devotion and like like my the most effort I spend on taking care of someone, I'm trying to I don't know how to word it. No, is for Trey. You know what I mean? Like I can't sense. I can't go my whole day of like spending all of my energy taking care of the kids and taking care of the house that when the end of the day comes, I've got no time for him or no energy for him. Right. That's not like, that's not, um, loving or respecting him. Right. And vice versa. Like he can't, whatever your husband does, like he can't spend all of his time and all of his energy at the office working and then come home being completely drained and not have anything to give to you. Right. Like that, that is basically what the saying like you're one this is the most important relationship you have and i think like again like that's pretty countercultural to say yeah. that like your husband comes before your kids because yeah. at the end of the day though like you're bonded to your husband for the rest of your life right like and your kids, kids are going to grow, grow up, up. And leave. yes exactly like paul says you leave they your father go and mother yeah, yeah. exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> but no yeah i think these are these are definitely like tall orders but they're what we're called to as Christians. Like I said earlier, like we are meant to look different than the rest of the world. And um, at the end of the day, like a big part of that is our marriage relationships. Like yeah. they're, And that is why like marriage is such a big deal. Like that's why it's like also so beautiful. And it's like mm-hmm. we should make a big deal about it. It should be, um, I don't know, something that is different you know, that we do differently than the rest of the world. Yeah. And I I like in this last verse, Paul just says, now if I've confused you to sum it up, you know what (laughs) I mean? Like he's saying, if if you're going to miss all of this, like here's essentially what I'm telling you is that each of you is to love his wife as himself and the wife is to respect her husband. Yeah. We are called, and I I don't think that that means that the wives aren't called to love their husbands and the husbands aren't called to respect their wives. Right. Like, clearly. Um, I think it, they're go, hand in But hand. love and respect is essentially what it boils down to. Mm-hmm. Like, in order for your marriage to thrive, you need both love and respect coming from both people. Um, uh-huh. But but really, like, your husband thrives off of your respect. Yeah. And your wife thrives off of your love. Right. Like, and when they're not getting that, then the other person doesn't want to do what you need. You know, like, if I don't feel loved, then I'm not going to respect my husband. And mm-hmm. if my husband's not being respected, then he's not going to want to love. And then it's just right. this terrible cycle. Right. Um, 
And so like what essentially he's just saying, what it comes down to is like just love and respect that those are the two main keys that's going to make your marriage thrive. Correct. Aside from putting God at the center. Exactly. Yeah. And, and just also like we're called to do these things at the same time. It's not like, let me just wait and see if he's going to love me and right. then I'll respect him. Right. It's like we are called to, once we enter marriage, this is what we are called to do mm-hmm. for each other for the rest of our lives. And yes, we're going to go through ups and downs. Like, yeah. There's going to be times where um, I'm going to be struggling. You know what I mean? Right. And, and that's okay. Or he's going to be struggling and that's okay. Yeah. And like there needs to be grace and there needs for to be sure. understanding that we're not going to be perfect. But at the end of the day, that love and that respect for one another is what will help us get through those ups and downs. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Um, so if you have any input or um, anything you think we missed or just something you feel like the Lord was telling you, we'd love to hear about it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So go over and follow us at cultivate.pcc. And we would love to chat with you just about just anything so far in Ephesians um, or even specifically from uh, Ephesians chapter five um, or husbands and wives, marriage, like yeah, anything that's like a that. Big topic it for really sure. is. I think we spent the majority of our podcast talking about the smallest section yeah, of, the, right. of chapter five, but it's so good. And I think it it's is. so um, helpful in society today when marriage is not held of high standard right? and it's not looked upon of like, that's the goal, you know right, what I mean? Right. And so I think it's helpful and I don't know, maybe I'm like literally just thinking of this, but maybe we'll do like a Q&A or something about I like think, marriage yeah. would be really fun. So if you guys have like questions or thoughts, like um, be sure to reach out to us. And then we would also love if you guys would rate and review the podcast that just helps um, other people, people be able to discover it. And um, we just hope that it is um, an encouragement and um, helpful to those of y'all who are listening. 